0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast.
1: How are you doing this morning? Wow, isn't God good? I love his presence. So, over the last few weeks, we've been um, looking at the idea that the church that Jesus is building is revival ready and preparing our hearts and saying, What does it look like for us as a people to be a people who are ready? to host his presence and be a catalyst for revival, uh, not for us as a church, but for our city and for the nations. Um, And so, yeah, (laughs) last weekend was amazing. I mean, we had a Sunday morning and more night and worship time and just um, the outpouring of his presence. And I I love what God's doing. And while we kind of rest in that and we say, thank you, Jesus, we're always, there's this like um, balance of saying we receive and we're happy and we're full, but we want more. We want more. Like we're not satisfied, but we're happy and we're fulfilled. But we're always going after more. And so um, as we've been going through this series, we've also been fasting and praying and setting aside time. Um, A lot of people on Wednesdays, but whenever it's worked for you to to set aside time to fast and pray. Um, And we're going to keep doing that this Wednesday, next Wednesday. um, We're going to sort of break that fast next Wednesday with our prayer meeting on Wednesday night and just worship and pray. But if God's stirring you to keep fasting and keep praying, let me encourage you to do that, because I think that's one of those things that's a catalyst for the outpouring of his presence. So we started with the question in this sort of panel, a table talk series with what is revival? Last week we looked at the question, what does it look like to live full of the Holy Spirit? Today I wanna ask the question, and I, um, it's a privilege to have Mark and Louise up here as well, Um, what can we learn from the previous moves of God or from revivals in the past or times where we've been in his presence because we want to be a people who host his presence well. Um, And God's faithful and he's sovereign and he has moved. He is moving. He's going to move. But I think it would be unwise for us to not say, what can we learn from what he's done before? So, while we know that when God moves, um, it's, it's sovereign, and it won't necessarily look like anything that we've, that we've seen before, I believe there's always things that we can learn from past experiences. There's always things that we can learn and go, hey, this is stuff we can do, this is stuff we, we should not do. Um, so I want to ask Mark and Louise some questions this morning, and I'll throw in a little bit there, and then we're going to just open our hearts and ask God to, to mark us today. So again, we want to invite you to, to join us at the table, to take a seat. I mean, that's why we have a table here. It's sort of like, come to the table and feast with, with us. As if we were sitting at a table together, feasting of his goodness, even though this looks amazing and you can eat it afterwards. Um, but that, it's actually, we want a feast of his presence. Yeah. Yeah. So, so can I ask you guys, maybe start with this question, what has stirred you the most from revivals past or times of outpouring that, you, that you've seen or that you've been a part of?
0: The place. Um, I love that revival often is um, called a move of God. God is moving. Yeah. Um, and we know he's moved, like you said, he's moving. Actually, he's moving in the earth today. He's actually already moving. He's moving right now too. And we're going to look at some past things, but God is on the move. He's always on the move. Um, but what he does is he moves individuals, but when he moves in revival, he moves on so many individuals at the same time Mm. so sovereignly that he actually starts to move cities and he starts to move whole nations and he starts to transform and shift there's a massive impetus to shift the kingdom of darkness back and gather people into kingdom and actually where we are starts to look like him And um, so I just want to, I'm going to read something that somebody else wrote. And it's actually, this is from 1904. It's the Welsh revival. But this is what, for people who haven't been in or haven't seen a revival or haven't even seen what's looking right now. So um, this one says, this revival led not so much by the preaching of man, but by the spirit of God lavishly pouring out on all flesh. There was no adverts, posters, huge tents, But yet, throngs of people flocked to the church meetings all over England, and then even America. I mean, that's big in 1904, right? Because they couldn't get on a plane quickly. Um, To experience firsthand, and that's a key, firsthand the mighty outpouring of God's presence... And it says this, the beginnings of the revival could be traced to a church services where ministers sought to share their passions and their encounters with the Lord. And it says this, simultaneously, long meetings were held to seek the Lord's presence, like we were seeking Him today, His presence and His empowerment. Many people were baptised with the Holy Spirit. So that's God again, that's Him sovereign. And it says, in less than a course of a year, the Lord also moved in Wales and the rest of the UK, my old <laughs> um, capturing tens of thousands of souls for the kingdom. Tens of thousands of souls for the kingdom. And it says this God's imprint on that revival was this spontaneous outbreaks of singing. People would worship from the heart, from the heart, because God's moving Mm. their hearts. (laughs) Prayer, they'd be interceding and crying out, God, 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 come save us. God, 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 come move. Open repentance, no secret stuff. Like, I'm a sinner. I need God. I need to be changed. I need you in my life. God, break off. Let the power of the gospel, the power of Jesus Christ break in on me. And by his power, break off what's hindering me and confession so i love that it's singing prayer open repentance confession but yeah. god's doing it right now right he's moving in europe he's moving in asia and we're crying out as a people move in australia lord don't yes. no, don't miss out we don't want to miss out here anyway i'm a bit excited if you can't tell <laughs> <laughs> i love it
2: how can we not be excited yeah mark? gee it's um it's the gospels according to mark and louise <laughs> 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 ah, different ah, sides ah, of the story and I, I love it i think um I think what stirred me the most is just what Matt and Gabby keep saying, is that God marks you yeah. during this time. It becomes an undeniable uh, encounter. I don't want to say an experience, an undeniable encounter. And, uh, you know, the church as, as, a, as a whole, because generally when we talk about revival, God moves in a, in a wider area, but the church moves from rituals to worship, mm. from coming to sit and doing the thing to coming to worship with your heart, yeah, big difference. And so re- revival, when revival comes, we move from the theory to the real, yeah. 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 So when you see when you're in revival, there's there's and you witness it. There is simply no doubt that God exists. Mm-hmm. He's alive, yeah. and that puts a fire in your belly yeah. for <laughs> Him and <laughs> His kingdom. Yes. You just can't deny Come He's on. there. He's moving yeah. in power. Yeah. And so during this time, we've seen personally seen. Him heal, restore, he brings fresh hope. I mean, you can have that on a personal level, but when it's on a mass level, it's a different thing. Uh, he, he revives people from literally the walking dead to become spiritually alive, yeah. and uh, people that might have been uh, dry and exhausted and just wanted to give up. You know, God comes and He revives them, and He energizes them, and He gives them the strength. To 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 press on. It gives them fresh vision, yeah. and he restores their hope. And I love Psalm eighty-five, yeah. verse six. It says, "Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice yeah. in you?" You're taking my scripture. Oh, sorry. sorry, bro. Sorry. I literally got it open. I have no idea. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't cheating. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cheating. You know, when the Holy Spirit is talking, he's saying the same thing uh-huh. to each of Very us. Very good. The same of us. Um, so I don't know just this whole thing of he confirms that he's our Father. During these times. And and when he he confirms that he's our father, because he's our father, he gives us good gifts. So um, there was one guy that was out on the floor for four hours. And people asked him, you know, what was going on during those four hours lying flat on his face. And he said God was showing him during that time that he was his father and that he loved him. And this man grew up without a father. Wow! It was such a powerful healing moment, and then he went on to minister in tremendous uh, power and authority. Uh, And just a final thing is, um, when revival comes, evangelism is so easy. Yes. You don't have to try and persuade people with your your clever (laughs) technique. You know, we have little techniques that we have, but you don't have to do that because it's literally people coming up to you and asking you, "What do I need to get saved?"
1: Come on, that's what I love. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Like a, there's an awakening or a transformation. Yeah. I love that, that Gabby says it's not Gabby's thing, but it's real. Is that when God awakens us to his presence, Jesus gets really real. Yeah, Jesus is real. And we don't Jesus. play Jesus games. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's here sitting at the table with us. He gets really real. And there's a transformation that takes place. And it starts in us, but it flows beyond us to a city being transformed. It's spiritual transformation that leads to social transformation. Sometimes we get that, we, we want it the other way around. We want social transformation that makes everything look clean. But it's actually, it's only spiritual transformation that will lead to social transformation. And you see that throughout history with the revivals. This whole week, I was saying to the guys as we were praying before, I been, haven't been able to get past um, Psalm 84, which talks about how lovely is your dwelling place um, you know, my soul longs and thirsts. Yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. And it's just this beautiful thing about being in his presence face to face. And then I, it was funny because this morning I finally got into Psalm 85, um, which Mark just read a little bit of, which talks about God reviving us. And it says this from verse 6 that Mark just read. I want to read it. I want to read a little bit beyond because there's some marks of what does revival look like. It says this um, in Psalm 85 from verse 6, will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. There's rejoicing in Him when we become awakened or aware of His presence, and revival comes. Show us Your steadfast love, O oh Lord, and grant us Your salvation. There's a revelation of His love, and there's a revelation of salvation, a releasing of salvation. Like Mark just said, evangelism that comes. Let me hear what the Lord. So let me hear what God, the Lord, will speak. Hearing His voice. Being aware of his presence. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. As we're aware of his presence and we hear his voice, he actually speaks peace over us. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. There's actually a peace in the presence of God. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. There's a weight of his glory that's not just... rest upon us but actually to dwell in our land steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky there's actually an overflow from this place of revival of being awakened to his presence that begins to impact the city around us and even the ground the stories of revivals past where crops and harvests we're even more bountiful because of the presence of God, the, the weight of His glory in a place. Yes. Yeah. I love that. It says in verse 12, "Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him and make His footsteps away. Wow. Oh Lord, we long for you. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask another question of you guys, what? What have you learned? I know you guys have spent uh, time in different times of outpouring, but whether it's your personal times or of revivals of the past that you've studied, um, what have you learned from revivals of the past or times of outpouring that you've been a part of?
2: Shall I go? We're so old, we've experienced many things in life already. <laughs> I, so. I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> a, few, a few revivals, yeah. Um, but what I've learned is that uh, God is sovereign and he cannot be boxed. And he will move in the way that he wants to move. He Hmm. doesn't fit into our theology. He is theology. (laughs) So if God doesn't fit into your theology, then you need to change your theology. Wow, (laughs) very good. We've seen people fall under the power of God, people crying, people laughing, people being delivered of evil spirits, people Hmm. being healed, people being restored. Marriages being restored, legs growing, um, barrenness uh, being healed. You know, pray for yeah. people, and then they can't conceive, and then down the track they, there's these beautiful yes. babies. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, God has come like a wind. Mm. Uh, I, on one occasion, we're praying in the in a corporate prayer meeting situation, and there was just the sound of a freight train coming through the middle of us. I tell on. you what, in that moment, you there's a, there is a, a, a honest. Fear of God moment where you kind of yeah. God, I don't know what's going on, but You are sovereign and I worship yes. You and I fall down. Yeah. And, and um, that, I
0: just have to say, like that, but we were in a prayer meeting, and we looked it up afterwards. And we were in Sydney at the time, and um, it was like an earthquake, but there was no earthquake. Hmm. So in the room yeah. where we were, the the rumblings of God came up through the floor. Into the room, not one person stood. Mm. We were on our faces. So it's like, why does God do these things? Well, he's doing different things Mm. at different times, right? In that particular meeting, he brought us into the awe of God. Mm. We we openly repented. I mean, nobody said, and now it's time to confess your sin. It's like God came. He's holy. We knew it was him. There was no other place to be but on the floor, and there was nothing else to do but actually recognise I'm a sinner and forgive me, God. Oh, we cried. We cried out like God came. And so you don't, con- like in that we learn, you don't control God, right? We, we were calling for him. We did not expect him to come up through the floor. But he, it's like the book of Acts, you know, where the whole building was shaken. That, the whole building where we were was literally shaken. We felt movement and tremor, but then when we looked, there was no earthquake. Yes. It was God came.
2: Amazing. Yeah, I was going to say that um, the manifestations is not our focus. You know, um, it's just really the evidence that God is moving in a powerful way. Mm. And so during this time, as Louise was saying, there's a, there's a genuine fear of God that comes upon you wow. in the right way. It's yeah. awe and reverence. You mm. are holy. And it's His holiness, actually, that mm. causes that, that fear of Him. And uh, people begin to live in a way that, that, that honor, honor God. Uh, people fall in love with him because yes. there's this understanding that he's come in power because he loves them. Do you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> She's got lots to say. Like, yes. I'm <laughs> jumping in while I can.
1: It's good. Hmm.
0: <laughs> um, I, I just really, I felt because obviously we're praying about this morning, and mm-hmm. I just really f- um, feel one of the keys for us, you were saying, how can we be revival ready? God's already moving, but how can we be ready for his moving, mm-hmm. right? So we're not, God's coming, he's here, he's already moving. But how can we prepare our hearts? And one of the things, like exactly what Mark's saying is, is, um, it talks in the Old Testament, it says, man looks on the outside, but God looks in the heart. And so what happens is we are, we're human. And he is the all-powerful God of the whole universe. He created all things. It says when people get delivered and demons flee, it's just like a tiny finger of God. It's not God. It's not the whole of God. So when God actually comes and revives and he comes in power and his presence is more than we know... Like our humanity, our flesh, our everything starts to give away, and so I think um, one of the like the barriers. What have we seen? What can I learn? What we can learn is um, don't look on the outside and don't look at other people. I want to say that because everybody, God, when He's moving on mass on people, there are multiple things because He's God. He can do multiple things at multiple times, and so God is so for some people He's on them. And so we've been in meetings literally um, where the power of God, the glory of God has fallen and we've actually been pressed with the glory heavy weight of God into the floor for hours. And then eventually, like I remember we went to a meeting once, it was like 7 o'clock and about 12 o'clock we were thinking we, we needed to get out of the building. Like how do we get out of the building? And so um, we, we crawled out of the building because you couldn't actually lift your head True. past about, I don't know, past the height of my knee. <laughs> No one, no one actually could stand up. No, you can't fake that. Nope. You know, it's not mass hysteria. You can't fake the presence of God. You're in the presence of God. God's glory is there. And we were like, how, we were laughing as well because we were like, I don't know how we're going to drive home. So we got in our cars and sat because we couldn't drive because we're so drunk in the presence of God. So, I mean, he comes like that another, another time. And this is only once ever as well. So it's not the manifestations, but I want to give you a picture that God is God and he does what he wants to do. Sometimes he's working in and through you. And I was at a ladies' camp and um, we were in, ended up so bizarre. I mean, it's weird and you just think this has to be, some people looking in would think this is a cult, this is weird, what's going on? But I wanna tell you because this was so God, we were on all fours and it was only women and we roared <laughs> like lions. And that's weird, right? And it only ever happened once. But what happened was there was a holy bold, like boldness, boldness that came yeah. because he's the lion of Judah. He expressed himself through us. Wow. And, and this, this, this was at days when we were in South Africa. And But there was something about the spread of the gospel that we just became so fiery, we just didn't care. Yes. And so if he wants to work in you and through you, I think we've got to go, okay, um, God is transforming hearts. Revival is about the heart. Mm. So I think if we can learn to kind of go past um, externals and even now, like feeling the power of God, like why at night it looks so weird, why does my right leg start shaking? And I'm like, I don't know, it could be just a mystery. I just feel it like that's God, right? So even as I talk about him, it actually starts to go. Um, and then I was reading Malachi and it says, you will leap like a calf. And my leg was going, 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 <laughs> going. And then Gabby's laughing because she was just funny. God's funny yep. too, right? And it's like, she goes, aha, and it's your calf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on. That's really funny. It. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, but it's like, I will become even more undignified than this. Yes. This is the cry yes. of our heart. So I, I want to say this. God also, like, you have to come out of things to go into. You have to come out to go in. Yeah. And so it's really biblical. For the father of our faith, Abraham, he had to come out of his out of his country, his kindred, and his father's house. You have to come out of your own nationality and its constraints that are not of kingdom. Very God good. will use the best of that and also the things that constrain us. Yep. You have to come out of your culture, what your culture says. I'm, I'm British. I mean, look, do I... I came <laughs> no. out of that a long time ago. It's like, not, no, not that anymore. Okay, <laughs> and come out of your father's, like, where you grew up. What did your family put on you? What was your experience, all this? Yeah. So some of it's good. Yeah. Some of it's bad. Some of it's constricting. Some of it was, I don't know, licentious. I don't know. But we've got to come out to go in. Yep. So I have that learned that about revival as well. And, like, don't, don't judge. Don't judge. Who are you to know what actually is going on that God is doing in somebody else. If they need to weep because they're getting free from grief, they need to weep. If they're weeping because of sin, they need to weep. If they're laughing because actually they've suddenly come into salvation, they need to laugh. If they're laughing because they're laughing over the devil, ha-ha then they need to laugh over the devil. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. And I yeah. say that even now. So it's like that, we, ha- we need to be a safe place where actually I felt God say to us that we're not to be a people who judge, we're to be a people of discernment. And there's a difference, Very right? Good. So eyes off yourself, eyes off yeah. each other, and eyes on Jesus. It's like, I just really feel powerfully to say that. We've got to stop judging and looking at by externals. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be more undignified than this. You're going to see me more weird. You've seen me weird. You know I'm weird. I don't care. Yeah, Jesus Jesus be glorified. Jesus come. And yeah. if he's using me and he's working through me, then Jesus come. I
2: just want to say on the laughing and the crying thing, it's, it's really a healing of the emotions. That, yeah. that I've experienced. I mean, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've wept and I've, I've laughed so much so that I've put off a whole stack of people, but I don't care. God <laughs> would actually did an amazing work yeah. in my heart and my life at that time. So if you judge, you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. You become critical and you can't receive. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I've, I've
1: learned from observing and being a part of different times where God's moved, and it says this in, uh, in Psalm eighty-five, thirteen: righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. There's something um, that God wants to deal with character and identity. Yeah. And for us to be a people who can host his presence well, we actually, as we respond to him, mm-hmm. he sorts out character issues. And our identity is found in him alone. It's yeah. so actually, I mean, e- even, you know, in, and we see, we see a fraction of it. We want to see more. But even now, like, it's like, God, sort out my identity. Let it be in you. Can I say, even if we begin to make revival our identity rather than Jesus, it'll stop. If we begin to make Melbourne Lights our identity or our ministry our identity or anything else, our job or our family other than Jesus, what he wants to do in and through us will be restricted. And he wants to take off the restrictions. So there's a sorting out of character. There's a sorting out Of identity, And sometimes it looks like some of the things we've been talking about. And sometimes it's just in the process of spending time with him daily. It's not just meeting to meeting. It's daily in his presence that he actually begins to reveal and sort out those things. And we don't want to be a people, no matter what God does in and through us, that that, even what he's doing becomes our identity. Because it's not about us. It's about him. From those... um, those experiences, those times that you've had, those encounters—what do you think are some of the things that we need to lay down or to change to steward what God wants to do? Let's kind of get to the pointy end.
0: I think, um, well, Holy Spirit, I mean, there's many things to lay down.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I asked Holy Spirit, what do you want to talk to us about today? And one of the things I think is culture. And um, I, as you can hear from the accent. Um, came from the UK, but we're like this in Aussie as well. Like, we don't like to be emotional. It's actually culturally, we're we're quite bound, actually. We're emotionally reserved at best, or we're bound at worst. In other words, we don't want to be seen to be emotional. But God wants to do a deep work of the heart. He's after our hearts. And Jesus was the most free person on the planet. So when, like in um, 1 Thessalonians 5... Um, and that's like 20, 22 to 24, something like that. It talks about that the God of peace would sanctify, in other words, and make completely whole, your whole body, spirit, and soul. Yeah. Everything. So Jesus comes with healing in our bodies where it says the, the God of peace himself, the God of peace is the one who reconciles us through Jesus to himself so that all things can become complete as they should be. Yeah. But that that God of peace is a warring God because things in us, in our souls, our spirits and our bodies, if you like, they war against God. They're not in alignment with God. They're not reconciled with God. Okay. And so God comes to reconcile those things. And so one of the things I think we've got to get over is actually allowing God in our soul and to heal our emotions. I think that's a big one. Mm.
2: Um,
0: and then I think another one is we actually... Because of our culture, we have too much in our heads. So we love to be intellectual. We love to talk about stuff. We love for everything to make sense. We love all our ducks in a row. We love to be able to debate it all out. We've made thinking and education like a God, like it's all it. And so obviously we're not not throwing out the word of God. But it's we have to respond to the spirit of God because He is the Word of God. Mm. The spirit of God is the Word of God, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a that's a big one. It's like it's like people don't want don't want what they don't know. They don't. I don't understand this. Why is this happening? How can that happen? Why does it happen to happen like that? Why is that on that some person? Because yeah. we're still looking at externals, and God's saying you have to lay it down. You have to lay down your need to actually control everything and yeah. know everything and be able to put a tick or put it in a box and all that so that's Very big good. for us and I think religiously as well like the religious the religious spirit loves to control yep. and to shut down yep. and, and they always say oh it's, if it's not in the Bible I can't see it in that Bible I don't, I don't see where I don't know whatever yeah. like I don't, I don't see the, the right leg wobbling as in the Bible that's not in the Bible therefore that must be of the devil it has to be the devil the devil's doing it because we're so afraid with it and it all comes out of fear yep. but I just want to say from an even natural point of view then don't eat pizza it's not in the Bible
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you shouldn't play soccer either because that's not in the Bible either whoa oh. and see there's things there's things that yeah do you know what I'm saying like we can't it's not the absolute rule yes we're biblical and I'm saying yes, yes the yeah. word of God but well, we, we, we have to nail that religious spirit and just say, get out. Yep. Yeah. We will not be a, a yeah, yeah, religious yeah. people and actually restrict and yeah. quench the spirit of God. Yeah. And that's what they did with Jesus. They're like, oh, you can't heal on the Sabbath. It's all rules and <laughs> it's got to fit nicely in a box. You can't do that. You mm. can't do that now. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. You the do Son I of God is here, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think um, laying down your pride... Um, is is probably one of the biggest things. Mm. Um, humility is one of the biggest keys to preparing your heart for what God is doing, yeah. and to be able to steward His uh, the move. Uh, James four six uh, in the Bible says, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And also in Psalm fifty one verse ten, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Yeah. And I think it's with that attitude of heart that we that we are approach revival that we don't look at it through critical eyes we don't try and intellectualize about it mm. we say God you are sovereign you move in the way you want to move because we know you're a good father you know so, sometimes we we're so afraid that we and we want to shut things down that we actually we do a disservice to God because of That's our true. fear yeah. you know I'd say in in the revival experiences that we've had 90 percent of what was going on was God the 10% maybe was, was the flesh. Are we afraid of the flesh? I'm not afraid of the flesh. You know, if you want to, I don't know, flesh. do handstands and that's your way of responding to God, go for it. If it sets you free, amen. I'm with you, brother or sister. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just not being, a, not being fearful, not being mm. critical, laying down your pride and having a humble heart and saying, Lord... You know, do what you want to do. And I I I felt a question for all of us today is, do you want it? (laughs) Do you want it? Do you want him? For crying out loud. You know, that's the big question. If you don't want it, which is revival, if you don't want him, it ain't going to happen for you. Yeah, his face.
0: Yeah, when Jesus comes, it's confrontational.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There's no neutral in revival. Hmm. There's no neutral. You choose him or you reject him. The flesh goes and the devil goes. Yeah. Or it stays and you stay bound. It's yeah. like there's no neutral place in revival. I think one of the things as well, there's pride and there's just the fear of man. We have to, it says the fear of man mm. is a snare. And God's yeah. inviting us into the fear of a good God. Yes. God is awesome. Yes. And he is love. He's both. Yeah. And to fear him is to actually honour him. And to actually be in the best place of security and love that you've ever been in. That's the invitation. And so Mm. we need to deal with the fear of man. So we go, I don't care about others' good good opinion. I want Jesus more than I want your good opinion. I want Jesus more than my need to explain everything and to understand everything so I can live with a bit of mystery. And I need to let go of my control, that I'm in control of my whole life. Mm.
1: Can I add one thing to that? And we've talked about this before. Thanks, Robbie. Um, uh, One of the things we need to lay down is division. There is no division in the kingdom. And we have to, for somebody here today, we have to stop making it about us and other churches or us and other Christians or other movements. If we are going to steward the move of God and be a catalyst for what he wants to do, Mm -hmm. we have to determine, I will not speak poorly yeah, about right. another believer, Amen. another church, just forget it. We're not in competition. Yeah, gotcha. We're not in gangs. There's no, comparison. There's no <laughs> comparisons. Yeah, I mean, good. honestly, and yeah. you know, <laughs> I've said this, like how, how arrogant of us to think that God would only ever bring people to us and never never move people from us.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good. How arrogant yes.
1: to think that God would only ever use us and not somebody else yeah. wow. if we allow division. And it starts in our hearts. It's even division within the church. Because as we go after this, I said this in our prayer meeting this morning, as we, as we cry out for more, there's a spiritual opposition. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like in the natural. We're pushing back the forces of darkness so that the kingdom can advance. And if we're not aware of that, then we're not aware of what the enemy brings to try and stop that. He tries to sow division. He'll try to sow division in your marriage, in your family, in this church, and between us and other churches. When we're aware, we can pray and say, God, we will stand for unity. There's no room for this. I'm not going to allow division in my marriage. I'm not going to allow division in my family or in this church. I'm not going to hold offense against somebody else. I'm going to believe the best of them. I'm going to go to them if, they've, you know, if there's a misunderstanding. I'm not going to believe what the, the lies the enemy wants to sow. Wants to and if, I, if somebody starts to talk to me about another church, I'm going to do what the Bible says and say, can I please respectfully stop you right there?
0: Yeah, good. Well, well done. Honor.
1: Mm. Because we honor them. Yeah, honor, yeah. And if we're going to steward what God wants to do in us and in our city and in our nation, it's going to take more than us. I love when you hear about stories of tr- Toronto and Pensacola and yeah. there was so, God was doing so much and so many people were coming to be, to encounter his presence. They had, they're like, please come and help. Please come. We can't do this on our own. And that's the reality is that the kingdom is not a one church kingdom. Amen. It is the kingdom of God. Yeah. Amen. And so we have to settle that thing. Somebody this morning, you have to settle that thing. Yeah. We will not yeah. speak poorly. Yeah. Do not in the name of Melbourne Lights Church, uh-huh. speak poorly of any other church. Yeah. Amen. Good, Please, I'm asking you,
2: yeah. in love.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Good. <laughs> if, if you do, there'll be public floggings later.
0: Fatal beatings. You're so funny. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> I really felt this morning, uh, the presence of God is here. He's here. I felt as we were praying for this time and even preparing for the series, we don't want to just talk about revival. We want to encounter his presence. I felt like this morning there was a call for us that God wanted to consecrate us and set us apart again for his use. But the response of our heart was to actually come before him and lay things down. And I want to ask you today, what do you need to lay down in order to steward what God wants to do through us, what God wants to do in your life? Maybe it is offense. Maybe it is division. Maybe you have spoken poorly of other believers or other churches. Maybe there's a sin issue to lay down before him. Maybe there's pride or some of the things that we've just talked about in laying things down, self-righteousness, judgment, a critical spirit. I mean, can can we be real today? We don't wanna just go through the motions and say, that was a good meeting. We wanna do business with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if we've been critical to say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I repent, free me from that critical spirit, mark me, consecrate me again. And so this morning, I, I want us to finish today, and we're going to make room for response and for prayer and, and for the Holy Spirit to move, but I actually want us to finish by taking communion together as a church. And so um, you may have got communion on the way in. If you haven't, uh, there's a few people who will hand them out. We've got little things, little whatever you call these, packs. But again, taking communion is not just, it's not a religious observance. Yeah. Jesus says, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. But there's also a declaring of what he's done over our future. So I'm gonna ask you, To be just really real with Jesus right now. To be really real. To do some business with him. Because I think there's going to be a release of power even as we take communion together. And I'm going to ask Mark and Luis to pray for us as well. Just to receive something of what they carry. But If there's things that you need to lay down, even right now, Before we move on, would you just repent of that? Would you say, I will lay whatever this is down before you, Lord. We've been filled with this spirit. We want to continually be filled with this spirit. Lord, I will lay down my pride. I lay it down before you. Lord, set me free from pride. Set me free, Lord, from the fear of man. From what others will think. I lay it down before you. I lay it down before you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, as we take communion together, we thank you for your body broken for us. We thank you, Lord. Then as we talk about revival, Lord, it's an awakening to to the realness of your presence. To who you are. And so as we take This little biscuit, Lord, that represents your body broken for us. We remember and we declare all that you purchased for us on the cross. Our identity is in you. Our fullness is in you. Our fulfillment is in you. And we lay down those things that would hinder us from stewarding your presence well. As we take this, let there be a heaven transaction. Go ahead and take. And we thank you for the power of your blood. Lord, the life giving, transforming power of the blood of Jesus. Even as we've right now been real and laid things down before you, Lord, as we drink this juice that represents your blood, I pray for a fresh washing cleansing, cleansing of our spirits right now, would freedom be released, freedom in Jesus' name, freedom in this place, no condemnation of the enemy, would your blood wash us again white as snow, thank you that we are saved and we're being saved, and in this moment right now, Lord, let there be, Lord, a washing again by the blood of Jesus.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au